Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Bristol are back to winning ways with the 32-15 victory against Sale on Friday night. As we reach the halfway point of the season, are the Bears nearing the form of last year? This Saturday sees us host that Francais in the Heineken Champions Cup. Here are our thoughts on the game, the potential 23 and our expectations for the delayed European campaign. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Miles and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, uh, it's just the three of us today because uh, Lee's not been very well this weekend. Uh, so we're at uh, Pete's Party Palace. Uh, Pete, thanks for hosting. It's a pleasure, boys. It's a pleasure to get the old pod studio back up and running again. I uh, took off the dust sheets, tidied, did the hoovered the floor and then took the, uh, took the washing off the radiator as well. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have you here. Uh, obviously, no Christmas tree. That's gone now. But uh, I think it's the best we can do. We've got a little, got a little piano in the corner and a music stand, and we've got my uh, my missus's kind of step thing as well. So uh, this does double up as a as an exercise studio as well. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, Miles, how are you, fella? Did the Duchess enjoy the game on Friday night? She did. Yeah, yeah. I uh, took Mrs. Clark along to the rugby. Uh, the last minute managed to sort of seize a ticket by uh, uh, by some sort of form. I borrowing borrowing. Lee season card but um, yeah she absolutely loved it it was a really cold night she came uh, dressed up to the hilt in sort of uh, hat gloves gloves hat more gloves more gloves more hats but uh, yeah she loved it and a great result yeah excellent well yeah let's talk about that result Uh, Bristol Bears 32 Sale Sharks 15 let me come to you first Pete Uh, were you pretty confident when you saw the the team sheet come out on Thursday no I wasn't actually. I've got to be honest. I, I thought they looked they were going to bring a you know, bring a very tough physical side. I mean, there was at least five Depreses in the lineup, as far as I could tell. And I, I've got to say, it was shameful to admit, despite the fact we had you know had a very good team out as well. I, I just had that bad feeling that you always do when you play Sale, or we or we have had in the last couple of seasons. I just thought, oh. They'll just come, they'll be physical, and they'll do what they did last time. McGinty will produce a little bit of magic at some point, they'll score a try and they'll win by a score. Um, you know, it was a it was a bit of a, a clash of the cultures. It was the kind of the uh the Pat Lamb uh free-flowing kind of culture that's not working at the moment <laughs> against the Pat Sanderson sort of Saracens pseudo-wolf pack physical culture. So yeah, I was I was I was nervous and uh, and I've got to be honest, Tone, as we walked down to the ground and it was cold and we got to the ground, I thought, oh, you know, it just doesn't feel good at all. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. I'm holding my hands up and I'm ashamed that I felt like that, but but I can't lie. Well, actually, just talk about that. We, we, we had a, a couple of cheeky beers before the game in the, uh, in the Asheville and uh, you, you, you met some geezer at the bar that was a bit of a bit of a big sale fan, wasn't he? Well, I did, yeah. A very nice bloke, a bloke called Colin. I'm sure he doesn't listen to the pod, but I'll say his name anyway. <laughs> anyway, we got. He, he asked me how far Ashton Gate was, and I gave him, being an, obviously a geography teacher, I gave him very, very detailed uh, instructions, including six-figure grid references about how to get there. But anyway, we got chatting. It turned out that he's a major investor and sponsor of a lot of the players at uh, at Sale. Um, re- he uh, revealed that he was uh, had been childhood friends with Mike Ford, obviously George Ford's dad, and and I think he thought that there was a look of surprise on my face. So he then opened surprise his... or doubt or doubt, I should <laughs> yeah. say, yeah, a bit of doubt. Anyway, he then proceeded to show me his WhatsApp messages, and there was one from George Ford, sort of giving a bit of a summary of the game. So fair play. Anyway, it turned out that he was a he was in construction, and he was a yeah very nice dad. I think he, he said he built most of the littles in the southwest, and obviously had a lot to do with sale. And he said he'd come down with the he always comes down with the the team and just had a couple of beers before going down the gate um he also referred he said he referred to a player um called alan uh, and he said you'll be you'll be doing well to have alan next year and of course i didn't know what he was talking about until i realized he meant aj mcginty so uh, he gave me a bit of a lowdown on on alan mcginty um <laughs> 
And yeah, it was it was really it was one of those classic rugby moments where you just kind of get chatting uh, and you find a kind of a rugby fan and then you find out that he's got all these connections. And uh, I mean, about half an hour later, you got your pint, didn't you, Tom? Because I, I, I did get a bit stuck at the bar, I've got to say. I was thinking, where the hell's my beer? Yeah. You know, I was thinking, is, is Pete trying to play the game where it takes so long at the queue that we've got to go to the, you know, back to the ground? But uh, no, very good intel. And uh, I think he also said, didn't he, that George Ford highly rates uh, Harry yes, Randall as a strong yeah, half he did well remember Tony yeah he, that was probably the best intel um, and obviously a, a fly half you know is as good sometimes as the scrum half mm. inside him as it were and, and yeah he said that George Ford had, had always told him that he, he really really rated Randall so um, you know if Harry's listening uh, you you uh, you got the uh, you got the thumbs up from probably the best fly off in the league at the moment. So keep up the good work. Excellent stuff. Well, uh, Miles, uh, it didn't start that well, did it? Uh, three minutes on the clock, and uh, we're we're a try down. Ashman uh, scored a try out uh, well on the far side from us on the Dolman. Mm. Um, your your thoughts then? Was it kind of oh my god, same old, same old with so? It did feel a bit like that. I mean, it was a really well-worked try. It was on the opposite side of the ground, so on sale, sort of right wing. Um, they had involved sort of Marlon Yard involved and eventually Ashman who went over. And it did feel like uh, a sort of carbon copy of that last minute of the Leicester game, didn't it, really, where they outnumbered us, ran down the right and, and scored a lovely try. So, yeah, I was a little bit worried at that point that this game wasn't going to go the way we, we would hope. But then we, we had a good period of pressure, didn't we, then? And uh, Tom Curry, I don't know, was it, Miles, do you think it was a bit harsh that he got the yellow card? I know Barnsley, on his 250th appearance, so congratulations, Wayne's Barnes, on yeah. that. Um, it, it was the fourth kind of penalty in quick succession. We weren't that close to their try line, but anyway, seeing Tom Curry march off, uh, that, that, that was a good sign for us. And then uh, I think it was a minute later... The drive-in mall that maybe we haven't seen so much of this season came into action, didn't it? Yeah, that was excellent. I, I, I sort of agree. It was a bit harsh because I think Curry was a judge of being sort of, you know, the number sort of fourth penalty and lying on the ball. But as we know, Barnes is an excellent referee and I'm sure it is the correct decision. But yeah, it was fantastic to see. At that point, the line-out on the drive was working brilliant. Uh, the, back, the backs latched on, didn't they, on the right-hand side of the drive. Pushed through Cape on it was a fantastic work try, and that's what we were sort of used to seeing as commonplace last season. Um, Callum obviously uh, converted at that point, didn't he? Yeah, and it made it sort of seven five. So things were suddenly looking a lot better. That's right, and with Curry still in the bin, Pete, uh, we managed to uh, to add to that. I think it was on the eighteenth minute, uh, Morahan's first try. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a very nice. Uh, I think a very nicely worked try. Although I think it was a bit soft, wasn't it? I think in, in, when I looked at it back and then looked at it on the TV when I got you know the next day, I mean, he, one of the Dupree's brothers made a very poor effort at tackling. But I, I think that you have to give some credit to Morahan for that because he's so elusive as a runner and he, you know, his handoff was timed to perfection that, you know, that's the sort of thing he can create. And, you know, I think we had some discussion about Morahan, didn't we? Saying that he's just so smooth. He's like a kind of, like a, you said, like a silky sheet. And I said he was like a, a crushed velvet suit. He's, and actually, you know, they're quite hard to get, take the grip of those things, aren't they? So yeah. I think we should say a bad missed tackle by, by the sale by Dupree's, but also, you know, really nicely done by Morahan as well. Um, and I think we've got to give credit for Sam Bedlow as well. Absolutely. For that for that, I was going to say big, that. Big pass out. Big pass off the left hand as well. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think we may talk about Bedlow later, but I, I think that was a, a key moment. Just going back to the Curry thing, the yellow card, I mean, it, I did actually watch this at home the next day and it was a pretty blatant um, killing off of the ball. And I think... I mean, fair play to Barnes. I mean, you know, he didn't muck around. It's just, mm. and it's laying down a lot. And I think in many ways that was very helpful for us generally for yeah. the game because, you know, that's something that Sale we know are good at mm. is disrupting the breakdown. And and actually that may have put a little bit of doubt in their forward's mind. So I think, uh, you know, that, that was all part of the narrative as well. Uh, and then uh, Mr Curry comes back on and uh, it was just before the half hour Miles uh, they score a, a, another try um, down that I think it was uh, Rob Dupree's wasn't it that, yeah, it was. uh, that scored the try 
uh, 12-12, your thoughts at that point? Well, yeah. I mean, it was a bit annoying. It was almost like a carbon copy of the first try, wasn't it? A well were at uh, back try, Bax's try down the right right wing. Um, and that one was successfully kicked by McGinty, wasn't it? That was um, to make it 12-12. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, it, it, um, here we are, nil-nil again, in, or, or equivalent. And I thought, well... Yeah, they have come back, but actually we looked on, uh, we looked sort of dominant, as it were, and I thought, well, you know, we'll see how it goes from here on in, but obviously it's going to be a close game. I agree with you. It was a, it was an odd, you know, a 12-12, but I did feel still quite confident. I just felt that there was, it was a, both their tries clearly were, were well worked, but it, and a bit, you know, it was a little bit loose in terms of our defence, but I just felt that it, it wasn't quite... Right. Felt like we were on top. Felt like we were yeah. on top. I felt mm. with the, like you said before, with the card, I think it had given our forward some confidence. And uh, um, and, and actually, for once, we pretty much scored straight away. We were hardly at 12 all, were we? And I think we then scored the third try relatively soon up. Yeah, that, that's it. I think it was about four minutes after. Yeah. Um, and uh, Morahan, the Wizard of Oz, yeah. playing at 15, uh, picked up his second. Uh, you know, talk me through that, Pete. Because uh, we, we, there was a little bit of speculation about whether Ran Ranger's pass to him might have been possibly forward, your yeah. thoughts? I mean, Austin Healy went on and on about it on commentary. And... I, to me, it was marginal. I, I, I mean, it certainly wasn't obviously forward, and I, you could make the same argument that their first try, Marlon Yard put mm. one inside that could, looked about the same. No, I just think you know we were on the front foot. I think Lloyd had made a break, Purdy had made a break. We were on the front foot, and uh, I think Sheedy did one through his legs as well. Yeah, yeah. And it was just a really worked try. And it was actually something we'd been hoping that you know that that we would do, just something a little bit different, an inside pass, and it was actually. Quite Quite nice to see Semi do that rather than just take the ball into contact as he as he done quite a lot or drop it or drop it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think yeah if it had been disallowed for a forward pass it would have been extremely disappointing. Um, yeah, I don't think there was much in it at all. And anyway, it doesn't matter because it was given. It was given, and yeah, a great yeah. line by Morahan. Oh, as it was, well, it was it? brilliant. Again, it just shows what a good player Morahan is silky as silky the silkworm in his silk pyjamas yeah Uh, but then as we've often done this season we score um, opposition kick off and uh, very quickly we cough up a penalty which McGinty uh, scores to make it 19-15 at the break Um, Pete was quite confident we were on top Miles what were your thoughts at half time did you think uh, did you you see the win coming uh, I think I did at that point. I mean, that was quite fantastic. So five tries in one half. I don't think we would have predicted that, would we? And I think we were uh, we were matching sales, to be honest with you. Like Peter said, they brought some huge South Africans into their pack. Uh, and, and the line-out misfired a little bit. But I think in that first half, I thought uh, our lads up front in the pack matched them pretty well. Uh, which I was really confident about. So I think first half obviously ended 19-15, but um, I thought we were going to go on and score a few more tries because Sale weren't looking the dominant force that we had expected at that point. And then in the second half, after the the five-try bonanza miles, uh, we have Sheedy kicking a couple of penalties, I think on 43 minutes and 56 minutes, gets us to 25-15, 10 points ahead. Sale not looking that impressive. Um, did you know? We, we we get. I think we we got almost to the clock being in the red. Um, if I remember rightly, were you were you shouting on players to uh, to kick the ball out? <laughs> I, I, I was. I, 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 I hold my hand up. Oh, yeah, it was you. It was it was I think it was both of us. I'm ashamed. Um, I'm ashamed. Double ashamed. Ashamed about feeling nervous at the lineup, and I'm ashamed. I just didn't read the game properly, Tone. I was just thinking, just, I just want the win. Get it out there. And, and you rightly, and a few people in front as well, rightly pointed out that there was no, there was no jeopardy. You know, we had, we, we had nothing to lose, but go for it. So I, I, I'll take this one, Miles. I'll take this one. Okay, team. It was, I, I don't want you to feel obliged to, uh, to say that it was you shouting, uh, even though the fans probably imagined it was. But, uh, you know, it was me. It was me. Yeah, and then we saw... Possibly one of our best work tries of uh, of the season, Brilliant. didn't we, Pete? Brilliant! It was a really. I mean, when you watch that, li- when you watch it live, it's difficult to know exactly what happened because it was the other side of the pitch from the dolman. Mm. Um, it just 
I mean, it was exciting. You could, you know, I love that sort of tries. It was a bit, it was kind of, because it, it, it builds, and it's kind of, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, it, and I think it almost stuttered. It looked like it had come to a, a kind of stuttered to a stop. And I think Lloyd, Lloyd picked the ball up relatively static on the wind, but then we saw those twinkle toes. Uh, and then suddenly it's like, whoa, whoa, hang on. And then we see this sort of offload, vague offload, and then suddenly a pop, and then Andy Aren. And it's, I, 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 do you know what? It, out of all of the players to score that try, I'm really glad it was him because he gave the little the little kind of salute the little finger as he came in and he loves we all know that Andy Wren loves to point his finger at anything he can so I just thought and, and you know he's been out of the team a bit and, and sometimes gets a bit of a uh, bit of kind of ribbing and I think and he's a Bristolian I just thought brilliant it was such a good now when I watched that try again in, in replay uh, the next day I just realised what a good uh, try it was and how well Callum Sheedy did to craft that because he got rushed he stepped inside the defender put it out to Lloyd and then Lloyd's little kind of elusive side steps and then the offload was just pure kind of Harlem Globetrotters as he was getting smashed yeah. by some uh, by some sail forward. And then Sheedy again, right on there, and then lovely pop to her end. So, great try. Yeah. And, I, and I wonder which replay you watched, uh, Pete, because did you see that fan who was sat in the, sat in the south stand, put on the supporters' club, her own recording of the final try. She absolutely loved it. And she's getting cheering at the end and go, yeah, I've got it on TV. I've got it on video. I, I always wonder with it's these people. It's yeah. brilliant do to see. Think, do you think they, they video the whole game with, you know, hundred? they come with 100% battery and, <laughs> and unlimited mobile data or something I don't to, do to film it? Or is it, was that just pure chance? Pure chance. It's sat in exactly the right place. And it was good to see it that. It was brilliant to see, wasn't it? The yeah. Bristol fans stand jumping up at the end and that was a really well worked try. And I think I think the thing that the, the phrase that was going round particularly our area of where we were sitting and then later on when we went down to the bar and actually Andy Oren because we saw him didn't we Tony yeah, as yeah. he left and we all he used the phrase that you know we all really needed that. And yeah. I think it was yeah. a it was and even he said that as he was leaving we needed that and uh, it was it was the kind of tonic that that kind of dreary defeat at Exeter you know, needed. So, um, uh, yeah, brilliant finish. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, to, to to cap it off with the fourth try, the bonus point, it really, you, you wonder whether this could be a pivotal moment now in the season where belief starts to grow. We'll talk about the European games mm. in, a, in a little bit later in the show. But, you know, we were almost there with Leicester. Is this the win, the convincing win that, that we needed? Well, let's let's have a look at some of the uh, player performances. Uh, Miles, I'm going to come to you to uh, have a look at the forwards who stood out for you. Um, Pete, if you want to talk about the, the back. So, uh, Miles, over to you, fella. Um, I think, like we've said, I thought with a, a couple of lost lineouts, potentially three, but I thought Capon really stepped up well into sort of Thacker's shoes this week, called in at the last minute. He was uh, working all over the pitch, putting a lot of effort in. He got most of his throws and, and obviously a fantastic try. And I think also, quite unassuming, but worked his socks off was John Hawkins. He was tackling like an absolute beast. And I think you wouldn't, if you unless you watched the replay back, you wouldn't have even perhaps noticed he was on the pitch. But I think for him to have been brought in, perhaps to give him the confidence to put him in a second row, he did flipping well. And I'm hats off to John Hawkins, I thought. Well, to get a flipping well from Miles yeah. is, is high praise well, more, more indeed. More than a solid. Well done, John. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think uh, for me as well... Uh, I mean, I thought Max Laheef, back on the loose head, looked looked really solid. I, you know, I don't think there was anybody that had a bad game in that uh, in that pack. Uh, Hawkins, you look at the cape on try, he took the line out, didn't he, mm. and and uh, helped to drive there. But lots of tackles, um, maybe you know, not the glamorous glitzy stuff, but uh, a, a lot of grunt. Vui. Uh, just a bit of a tackle monster. I think he he and Thomas made 19 tackles between them. Uh, Hawkins 18 tackles. Um, it it just seemed a really well functioning pack this yeah, week. Yeah. Um, uh, anything you want to add on the forwards? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, the, the line out wasn't perfect. The set piece wobbled a little bit. The scrum, but it was so much better than it has been. And I think it. It, it provided the platform for us to mm. win that game and, and I think we talked about this loads and I think every fan 
talks about this, but you, you, you only really win games consistently if you've got a solid forward platform. And mm. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean you stick the ball up your jumper and keep it there the whole time, but it just means that you get some go forward. And when you get go forward, uh, then, you, then you've got the chance to create space and score tries. And, and I think the Hawkins thing is absolutely correct. The fact that Sale didn't dominate and didn't do what we feared they might do, which was to kind of stifle the game, mm. shows that he must have had a good game because mm. he was right there in the thick of it. Um, so, and I think that's great. I mean, look at the, the competition we've got at second row now is, is superb. Um, so I think we're really, and it's great to see somebody like him come up from the squad. He's been there a while. Mm. Um, he hasn't had a massive amount of chances, but you know, clearly he is now... Uh, he's got his, you know, he's got he's in Pat's Pat's thinking, and he can only get better. And I think he didn't he play most of the game. I think he was, he was almost an eighty minuter. Um, and I just love that. I just love him and Joyce in there in the engine room together. As you say, nothing flashy, just pure heart. Mm. Um, so I look forward to seeing more games from from Big John. Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's let's take it the backs. Have a look at the backs now, Pete. Well, one of the best performances I think was uh, for Bristol backs was AJ McGinty. <laughs> I was sort of oh, yeah. Well, I, no, I mean, joking aside, um, I think we saw what we gained, didn't we? I mean, mm. you know, with in a poor sale side, he was the one bright spark, and he was he. I mean, he kicked it a lot, but he he also. Uh, he also kind of created little space with uh, with little sidesteps, and he, he's always looking for an offload. And he, he managed Sale brilliantly. Mm. Um, and I think, I mean, yeah. And, and actually, one of the the areas that they did really get a bit of ascendancy was was the kind of the up and under and the kick chase, where we, that was the one thing we didn't look very solid. I mean, our boys, our back three, who were generally brilliant were very shaky under the high ball and you know he put it in the right place and he obviously worked that out on the and and went for it but yeah I mean great great player but I I actually think in some ways it spurred Callum Sheedy on a little bit as well I I felt he had a pretty good game and Mm -hmm. I think when I analysed it later watching it on telly I I saw a lot of good from Sheedy it's not quite where we want him to be I think but I think that really spurred him on and and I think the one thing we've got to remember with Sheedy is that he is very very consistent kicking off the tee and that is so important um, and again he was he was really good he was really good he, he nailed some long penalties and conversions so um, yeah so I, I think kind of the AJ McGinty Sheedy thing was, was a good performance and, and I think you know we've been critical particularly me Sheedy this season I, I think that was probably close to his best game yeah and we were seeing uh a little bit of swagger yeah. back in his mm. step, yeah. which which maybe he's been missing. So, absolutely well well done, Callum. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, in, in a similar vein to Miles mentioning John Hawkins in the forwards, I think we also need to now start doffing our cap to Sam Bedlow. And we've been saying this that we want him to get a run of games. We want him to get confident. I think he's the sort of player that needs to feel that there is confidence in him. And actually, the fact that we saw two or three big, long passes, he was he was obviously trying to get the ball out to the wide areas quick. Um, I thought he had a really good game, one of the best games I've seen him have. And I think he's now growing into that position. Um, and I think he'll make Semi play better. I thought Semi had a better game mm. uh, on Friday because I think Bedlow was playing well inside him and was Semi. And they, they actually used Semi, I thought, a little bit better, a little bit more creatively, you know, mixed it up a bit and so on. So I, I'd like to have a big shout out. I mean, we mentioned Bedlow years ago, didn't we, when he first got signed, saying we like the cut of his jib. And I'm really pleased that he's... I thought he was a bit unlucky to get subbed, to be honest. When Piers O'Connor came on, mm. I thought, you know, there was an argument to say, you know, great game, Semi. Let's get keep Bedlow on because he's the pivot. And, and you know, Connor, we always think that Piers O'Connor really is a 13. But, mm. you know, there's there's other things going on. But, yeah, so that. And then, of course, we've we alluded to the back three. And I think Purdy, Morahan and Yoen Lloyd were, were excellent in terms of just the trickery, just the just the bit of go forward, just the creative space, and I think out of the three, we all got very excited, as most people on social media have about Lloyd's performance. Um, you know, he's had a bit of a quiet season. He's been in and out. Yeah, hasn't really had a run, but I think he he those that footwork, uh, those dazzling feet, that little bit of razzle dazzle. Uh, he just showed that he is a class player. Um, the question, of course, it's raised is is that really his best position? Because he didn't look very good under the high ball, did he? So, And we did speculate, 
you know, if he was playing at 10 with that, that footwork, could he, could he create more chances and more space for us? But of course, you know, that then leads to the debate is we've got McGinty coming and, you know, where does Pat see him? So, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was, he was probably the standout back, I'd say. Yeah, I think Morahan gave him a close uh, yeah, yeah. Run, run, yeah. run for his money. Yeah. But I mean, looking at the provisional stats on the uh, the Premiership website, I mean, Purdy nine carries for ninety seven meters, Morahan ten carries for ninety six meters, Lloyd uh, nine carries for eighty three meters. When you got your back three <sighs> pumping nearly three hundred yeah. meters, uh, you know that shows we're getting back to the kind of game that we want to be playing. And it also depends where those meters are as well. And I think. I mean, Purdy was great. Morahan was great. He scored two tries. But I just think some of those metres that Lloyd made were were instrumental in us getting that go forward. And obviously it was instrumental in us scoring that bonus point try. I mean, you know, the, he took the ball fair, pretty much at, at uh, you know, standing still and then kind of darted in and out and then, you know, gave that offload. So um, I just, I, it's a difficult one. I, I mean, obviously he's young. He's still got loads to learn. It doesn't really feel like he's a long-term winger, but if he's going to do that, then we may as well. Uh, we you can always build a team around him, can't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know the fact that he he took two players out with that sidestep, it then took two players to stop him with that. You know, as you say, Harlem Globe Trotter esque yeah. offload. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we're playing fourteen against eleven because yeah. he he he's taken I, effectively I four think we players also, out of the game. Should also mention his defence. I mean, he, he put in some big tackles as well. He's he's not afraid to get to get stuck in there. He's a he's a he's got low centre of gravity and drives upward yeah. a bit like Randall does as well. So you know, people potentially could say he's a bit too small and he's. Uh, uh, and maybe not physical enough, but I'm not sure that's the case. I think, uh, again, he's only 20 still. I mean, this is crazy. He's got so much more yeah, to absolutely. give. Yeah, a couple of things uh, that we haven't talked about is, uh, well, the two things are, are sales to disallowed tries. For two, well, Miles, what would you say? Marginal knock-ons? Yeah, I, I think one more marginal than the other. I think the, uh, the, the Tom Curry one where... They went back, uh, you know, half a dozen, maybe even more times, really. It's funny, I watched it this afternoon, the highlights, and the initial rerun of the play does look like his thumb's taken a bit of a, a change of angle back. And I said, well, that's a clear a clear hit of the ball. But then the more you watch him, the more angles, I think it's less and less obvious. Um, uh, and I think we were lucky that one's disallowed. However, Curry didn't make too much, uh, kick up too much of a stink, did he? So maybe in his mind he knew that he had knocked it on. And I think we were, yeah, I mean, that could have been two game-changing sort of scores there. We were lucky to get that one. And the other one was Hammersley, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Lloyd went up on a high ball. Hammersley had, came inside, disrupted it, knocked it, questionable. Uh, I mean, Austin Healy, annoying that he is, again said that he knocked it on to Lloyd and it went backwards, but lucky decisions. But in previous games, we've had those decisions against us and we got the rubber of the green this, this, on Friday night, didn't well, we? Yeah, I think the Hammersley one was, was fairly obvious, I, I felt. Um, and, um, you know, the Curry one, yeah... I mean, we were still 10 points up when that Curry won. So even if it had been given, there's no guarantee to say that that, that might have changed momentum to them. It might have just given us a bit of a kick up the backside to, to go on and win by even more. So, mm. you know, you can never really speculate with these things. I think you're right, Miles. I think particularly the Hammersley one, I, I, on the telly, it did cut to him running back and there was no one look on of, of kind of... I mean, I know they don't. They won't complain to the ref about decisions generally, but you could kind of tell by the look on their face. Oh. And Hammersley, to me, looked like he knew full well that that was a knock-on. So I think the reaction of the players told a bit of a story there. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they were given as knock-ons, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, well, just to uh, round up some of the more uh, interesting and fun things uh, off the pitch... Um, our attempt in the second half to rouse the crowd with uh, AJ's coming here, he's coming here, he's coming here, AJ's coming here. It didn't, I think it's fair to say, didn't have the success of, no. of the Genji one. It didn't. And I, I, and you didn't even get I out did, of I, seat, I, I, did was, I did a shocker. Tony, I, I go, yeah, go on then, Tony. And you stood up and did it. And I go, oh, my knee, all oh, my knees hurt, I can't get up. Um, 
I did say to you that I just didn't feel that there was the right vibe. I mean, even though it was a great finish and, um, and the, the crowd at times played their part or we played their part because we were part of the crowd, I just didn't feel that there was that kind of, that that vibe for singing the AJ song. And I think it, I think we were, we were right to think about it. Uh, you gave it a good shot tone. And uh, I got a lot of smiles you got and knowing nods. And knowing yeah, nods. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think it, it works so well with Genji on Boxing Day when he had to walk that yeah, 50 yeah, yeah. there was no real kind of time for AJ so but you know if you don't try you never know do you so well done Tone for giving it a go well, well thank you very much and of course Pete another thing was uh, I think I think the three of us were seen bouncing up and down on uh, BT Sport uh... <laughs> well it was well I was watching the, the game with my daughter on Saturday and uh, just after the Andy Oren try at the end they, 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 you actually saw a couple of fans cheering in the background. Then it cut to some young lad, and then it cut to a kind of big crowd. And my, my daughter went, Daddy, it's you, it's you. So we had to rewind it a few times and freeze framed it. And I think I sent you the, the clip, yeah, didn't you I? Did, yeah. And it was a full on uh, Bears Beyond the Gate on TV. I was like that with me, I was pumping the air. Miles was there smiling, couldn't see you, Tone, unfortunately. And, well, uh, the no, you were there in the background, yeah. I, I think I was you, giving I, yeah, you were a right. bit to the, to the music. It was, yeah, you yeah. were. It was, it was, and then the funny thing was, I, I then shamefully tweeted that out. And uh, one of our big followers, I can't remember who it is now, it was, uh, I should have done my research, so apologies because you know who you are replied to me straight away said I'm in that shot as well so one of our big listeners was obviously oh, okay. sits quite somewhere in the dorm in like E30 or something yeah, yeah. so yeah it was I, I had that childish excitement of seeing yourself on the telly like nobody else in the whole world knows who that is but for me and my daughter it was a it was a great it was a great fillip yeah and uh, that childish excitement has continued this afternoon isn't well, it? it has because I've just had a tweet from our friends at the Harlequins pod to say that I got a name check on uh, Rugby Tonight on BT Sport. Now, I, I, and I was actually watching it, but kind of not really half watching it. Anyway, earlier on in the day, they the BT Sport, Rugby at BT Sport had, had sent a tweet out saying, we're going to be discussing kind of halfway in the season. Re- tell us who you support and what your summary is of the of the halfway. So I thought, well, I've got nothing to do. I'll, I fired out a tweet and said, Bristol Bears, you know, it's been disappointing, but blah, blah, blah. A lot of reasons why we haven't played so well. Maybe teams, um, you know, worked us out a bit, but, but now we've uh, got a bit of momentum and got players back. I fully expect to have a strong second half of the season. And I think I put top four watch out anyway apparently that was one of the ones that went on the bottom of the screen <laughs> ah, ah, spotted brilliant. by the Harlequins pod as well so I feel I feel that I'll have to tweet that out to the Bears Beyond the Gate um, handle later on Tone just to prove so Bears Beyond the Gate on TV there we are Me- media lovies that we are now uh, we mentioned it at the start Miles um, the Duchess came <laughs> along to the game I think it was the second game she's graced us with her presence this season um, and uh, she was wearing a love. Were they new? A lovely pair of kind of. Are they snowboarding mittens? They are very, very quite pricey snowboarding mittens. TC. Yes, they kept her hands very, very warm. Now, now, now during the game, I thought she did well with the plastic glasses to keep keep a grip grip on it. You know, Bollinger isn't cheap. <laughs> Absolutely. She, 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 you know, she wants to hold on to it. But but after the game, we went uh, we went into the sports bar, didn't we? And, um, well, w- one thing the Duchess likes is having a picture with the players, doesn't she? Well, it would appear so. She was, I think, she was looking to replicate a photo of her kissing uh, John Farrow a few years ago now, when him looking, his hat nearly fell off in surprise, I think. So on this occasion, she uh, she spotted the fantastic Dan Thomas and made a little beeline for him, didn't, didn't she, lads? It was great to see some of the players... Uh, in the bar he was there with his family and uh, she was very quick to get a photo with DT and he was uh, he was uh, yeah, good on him he was a good show and uh, let, her, let her the Duchess have a photo with him and, and bless her she got a round in as well which is yeah. you know for, for the nobility to, uh, to, to to get their hands in their pockets so uh, anyway we moved away from the bar didn't we to a slightly less busy area and um, these 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 expensive looking 
professional snowboarding mittens. Um, how many did she have when she came back from the bar? Well, she had one beer and one glove, my TC. And um, you can imagine the look on my... I think I purchased these rather pricey gloves for her a few years ago. So the look on my place, the look on my face, was displeased, to say the least. It, I think it was out-and-out out disgust. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she wanders off through the bar, didn't she, looking for it? And Absolutely. Then you, and then you said to her... Right, go and retrace your steps. So, so we're we're having our pints. She she goes out of the sports bar and then she goes into the opposite direction from where we've come from. Well, yeah, towards the dolmen where we've been drinking under the uh, under the Lansdowne. <laughs> so eventually, I think she finally realised the error of her geography of the stadium, which much to Pete's dismay, uh, and went back to the correct area in which we were drinking at. But sadly, returned. Uh, empty-handed and still with a cold hand. And, and then you, you had to get back, didn't you, because you had babysitters. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I, let's be fair, it had put in a bit of a dampener on the Clark's uh, uh, evening. And then, it was a bit like Cinderella, wasn't it? That she goes to leave, you walk through the, the sports bar, and what is there sat on one of the Heineken pumps? Uh, the, the one and only missing and snowboarding mitten TC, amazingly. I mean, you know, it was sat on top of a Heineken pump. I wouldn't have chosen that particular sort of European lager personally, um, but she was, she was, she was delighted, and I, I have a feeling she ran off from me, and I, I, I don't know where she went after that. Well, she ran back to us, didn't she, to, to, to say how pleased she was. So for any of our listeners, if it was you in the sports bar... That, that salvaged the mitten um, first of all thank you and uh, also I can tell you that uh, it uh, it put a smile on the Duchess's face that had that had been there for, for most of the evening but had <laughs> slipped a little bit uh, with the with the missing mitten um, but Pete talking about the post-match uh, uh, festivities a little bit disappointing we we were buzzing with that victory weren't we Came round from the Dolman into the Lansdowne. We expected a bit of Sweet Caroline and Wonderwall. Nothing. No, there was nothing. There was no nobody had been booked on the stage. Uh, I, I'm a bit. I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, you know, obviously we make our own entertainment, and we we bumped into a few fans that we know and friends we know, and had a good chat. But I just it just casts my mind back to that that report when when Exeter won that game before Christmas having gone through a bit of a bad trot mm. and uh, you know they won it and they went straight off the pitch straight into the marquee and had a pint with the with the fans and I just thought you know we we'd had four defeats on the bounce in the premiership and this was a big victory and I think you've always got to presume that you're going to win so you you have to have mm. something ready for it and it would have been great fun having the some at least somebody on the stage. The guy that did it on Boxing Day was good enough. He was doing Wonderwall and uh, and, and Sweet Caroline, as you say. And I, I also just think I would have quite liked to see a bit more interaction with the team. Um, I think we've been very patient about not seeing the, the lads after the game walking around because of COVID and so forth. But as we mentioned earlier, um, Dan Thomas wandered through. Fitz Harding came to see some of his student mates and uh, Yoen Lloyd was knocking around. So there's obviously no three-line whip to say that they can't. And I just thought, this is the time that the team got to reconnect mm. with the fans. Mm. And, and, you know, it's been a difficult, difficult season, both on the pitch and off the pitch. And that was one of the things that makes rugby so unique is that kind of interaction between fans and, and players. And, you know, we've always assumed they, they understand that and they know they'll get hassled and they'll know they'll get, but not in a bad way, they'll know they'll get questioned. But that's sort of part and parcel of the job. And I just, it's just part of me that's slightly disappointed that our moniker is inspiring a community through rugby. And I'd like to see a little bit more engagement as a kind of standard from now onwards, um, both in terms of generating the atmosphere. It's like we said, you know, widening the debate a little bit. It was a Friday night game on BT Sport um, and we didn't we didn't have a light show or anything like that. And we've mentioned before that London Irish had put on a light show, Harlequins had put on a light show and really ramped up the atmosphere a bit. And, and we... We had a few... We had a few flames, didn't we, uh, coming half out time, to half-time. Yeah. Maybe I'm being overly harsh and I, I, I'm willing to take the stick for it, but I just feel that you invest in that sort of thing when it's times are down a bit. And, you know, I'd, I'd hate to think that they're being kind of cosseted or protected from the fans a little just because there might have been a few negative 
comments on social media about the way the team's been playing. I mean, that's that's nobody. Yeah, people are all entitled to their opinions, but I think we all. You know that that whole thing, the banter that we loved that when the first the Bears project first started pre-COVID, when after games and, and players in a bar, everyone's band, you know, cheering and, and having a pint. And I mean, we bumped into Andy Arend, didn't we? And, and it was nice to see him. So just a little thing. That was all. I think maybe maybe it's an Ashton Gate problem as much as the club. Don't forget the fans. That's what I'm saying. No, absolutely. And I mean, it was. You know, we, we had that disappointment after Leicester on Boxing Day, but it was a great atmosphere underneath the Lansdowne after the game. The guy with his guitar knocking out all the classics. You know, we just beaten Sale, who's been a bit of a, a bogey team for us over the last few seasons, and it, it was deathly quiet there. I do wonder, though, whether this time the fact that Bristol City had a 12 30 kickoff yeah. in the oh, FA yeah. Cup. Whether because e- even in the sports bar they they were ushering us yeah. out quite quite forcefully yeah. uh, at the end. I I just wondered if they needed to yeah. get get up get get sorted ready to be open again. I don't know what time was the stadium yeah. open on the the Saturday probably ten thirty. Yeah. I, I I don't know. So but it does feel even even the thing we've talked about as well the fact that we don't know about injuries. Yeah, it just seems to be that that, that there is that starting to be a little bit of a detachment from. Yeah, from maybe the fans. maybe we're we're it's two and two and we're getting five from this. And also, you know, the thing that that they cancelled the, the open training session that was going to be done before Christmas mm. cancelled. That's totally understandable. But you'd have thought you'd, you know, now that clearly people are allowed in the stadium. Mm. You would have thought they'd make every effort to get that reorganised, you know, as soon as, or even just put it out there, say, you know, it will be, in a in a. a in, It'd be before the Scarlets game, or it was not ball before mm. whatever. Just, just to, um, you know, I, I just don't, I don't believe this, but I just don't want to think that sold ten thousand season tickets and just getting a bit complacent about about fans because if you don't have fans, you don't have anything, do you? So, no, come absolutely. on, boys. Well, let's let's round up uh, round thirteen. Um, so. Uh, uh, other games this weekend uh, Harlequins 14 Exeter 12 uh, Quinns again uh, a late show to win that one Pete yeah I watched the second half of that or actually watched on and off most of it dire conditions um, what you imagine would be good Exeter conditions and not Harlequin conditions and uh, Exeter uh, well they got I mean the context for it was that Alec Hepburn got carded quite just before half time for a kind of a spear tackle or I don't know what you call it like a spear it wasn't really a tackle it was a clear out from the side and side entry funnily enough surprise surprise mm. but a clear out on Joe Marler where he Sam Simmons started the clear out Hepburn came in and carried it on and he, he it looked there was there was need there was retribution written all over it um, and he got rightly carded because it was really dangerous uh, you could the, the replays was pretty shocking when you see the, the angle of mm. Marla's neck but the interesting thing was there was a lot of there was a bit of com- comment straight away about how there might have been a bit of context with Marla winding him up and, and being chopsy all game and I think and the, the look on Hepburn's face <laughs> and Hepburn uh, uh, just made me think he, he didn't he, he, he knew he was going to get slaughtered for it but he took one for the team there and uh, it's an interesting debate they were you know should players like Marla be allowed to get away with provoking others and you know in the name of banter or should refs actually be looking at that as well I mean there's always been argy-bargy and needle in rugby I don't think we want to get away from that but Marla is kind of on the edge a little bit we all agree he's a fantastic player but is it is it just old school needle or is it just a little bit undercurrent and oh, look at me, clickbait stuff, I've mm. got a podcast mm. type stuff. So I think, um, but anyway, Exeter's the rear guard, uh, Exeter did great, but the Harlequins take a hat off, won it in the last minute, uh, Marcus Smith yet again, and to nice little um, cross kick, but then he had a very difficult conversion to win the game from the side, from the touchline. And he nailed it. I mean, that that boy is gold dust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on, then we had Newcastle eight, Northampton forty four. Was looking at some of the tweets from Newcastle fans. They seem to be saying that they're in free fall. They uh, 
couldn't pick anything positive out of that. So uh, whether their season's starting to unravel a little bit. Uh, Saracens 24, Gloucester 25. Huge win for Gloucester there to, to go to Saracens and pick up the win. Um, and then I think for the first time this season, I'm reading this out, Miles. <laughs> Bath scored more points than the opposition. Bath 22, Worcester 19. Um they made a bit of heavy weather of it, seeing that Worcester had a, a player carded, red carded in the seventh minute. But your thoughts there? Well, yeah. well I, I, to say that's a much needed win is a bit of an understatement. I mean, they clearly they picked up two points last week, didn't they, from the from the council game? Well, it was added this week, so in fact they picked up six points well, in the week. Well, that's the best they're going to ever get, isn't it? One weekend, TC. <laughs> well, six, six points in an afternoon, as opposed to uh, four points for the whole of the rest of the season. So uh, they must it must be bonus time at Bath now. Absolutely, yeah. Stuart Hooper must have yeah must be happy for once. Uh, and then the final game, Wasps 16, Leicester 13. And uh, an inbound Genge was a, a, a bit uh, a bit feisty on that one, Pete. Yeah, as they said on commentary, uh, the Tiger roll has come to an end. Um, I watched that game, actually. Yeah, fair play to Wasps. They, they, did, they stuck in there. Uh, Leicester, as I think we realise, aren't quite as good as their league position or, or their record suggests they're clearly a beatable side great side they've done really well this season yeah Genji was uh, Red Mist came down on Genji just before half time took a bit of a, a swing at Francois Hugard and to be fair a lot of people would but uh, there was a very to me it was a very marginal contact in the eye area Genji only got a yellow it was quite interesting the pundits definitely um, closed ranks a little bit on the play. ex-players said no it wasn't you know it was a, it was a it was an attempted punch and he pulled out of it because he knows he shouldn't there was nothing bad in it but there's a lot of debate I've seen on social media that he was pretty lucky to get and he clearly had lost it mm. he was raging as he and, it, and, 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 and as they said it was the best thing 10 minutes sat on his own was probably what he needed so yeah um, you know we know what we're going to get with Genji I mean that was because it that's part of his his makeup, isn't it? But I think uh, we we've speculated, or a few people have, is next season Pat's going to have his his work cut out with Sinclair and and Genji, keeping those two bad boys in order. Uh, look forward to it. Okay, well let's move on. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com on twitter we're at bearsbeyondgate and on facebook you can like and follow our bears beyond the gate page uh right miles let me come to you then so uh the the french government have deemed it uh okay for professional sports teams to travel for for this weekend so uh the next game bristol versus stade francais uh saturday the 15th of january 8 p.m kickoff at, uh, at Ashton Gate, uh, the game's on. Um, Bears back to winning ways in the league. Do you see many changes coming up in uh, Pat's selection for this one? Um, yeah, potentially. I think, I mean, Stad haven't had a fantastic season. Um, historically, some of the French don't travel well. Um, you know, and they're, they're, Pat's won't be as big a sort of squad as they might have, would have liked because of travel restrictions, etc. Um, but I wonder if we we'll, may see a few players back. I mean, it's, it was great to get the win under the belt. And actually, I was chatting to the Duchess. I feel quite confident now we're going to go on and win uh, against Stad on Saturday night. Um, you know, we don't, as I said, we, we don't know what's happening with Lua Tira, a few of the other injuries. Um, but I can't see him putting out that carbon copy team that won on Friday night, to be honest, lads. I think we'll have some muscle on the bench, try a few little combinations and, and bring on players you know, in the second half, should we need to? Well, it's interesting. Um, Pete, your thoughts? Do you change? Would you see much change to that uh, that team? Well, I, I think that we all know that winning is a well needs to become a habit, and I think on the back of that result Friday, I think we need to 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 get we need to be sure that we can get another win under the belt to, to, to keep this momentum going so on that basis I'm thinking we might put out a very strong side it, it would make sense to, to, to go for the, a big win 
And then if we then have to rotate a little bit for Scarlet's or, you know, whatever, then you do it afterwards because then we know we've got, because we've already got a 28-0 win in mm. the bag, get another win, we're looking pretty, then you rotate. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that we go with fairly similar sides. I, I think Hawkins was, may well get another start. I think mm-hmm. he did. He's exactly the sort of player you need um, just to get himself around. I think it, we don't know what the, you know, if Thacker is injured still... Um, I, I could see Capon starting. I, I think Sinclair's got to start. I mean, we pay a lot of money for Sinclair. We know we're going to lose him in the Six Nations. I, I just think we, we I personally, I think we try and play him as much as we can. No, I agree, absolutely. Of course, John Foa came on, didn't he, and yeah. went off again. Yeah, so. so, I mean, that looks like, I mean, Sinclair's going to be involved for sure at some point, mm. but I, I think we've got to get the most, most out of him. And then... I mean, we've talked about Locke. I, I like the idea of Hawkins starting and then it could be any other anyone else. You know, they might give Joycey a rest, but Ed Holmes came on and had a bit of a run around. Maybe he'll be on the bench for sure. We don't know what the situation with Atwood is. I mean, it would be a good game for him to come back to at home. He hasn't mm. have to travel too far. Physical. Um, and then the back row again. I, I mean, I, I wonder. We don't really know what's happened with Hughes, do we? And, and, and Mitch Eady, they came in. They didn't do too badly. They disappeared from the sales squad. Do you put, you know, one of those two appear, give Harding a little bit of a, a break? But then, you know, why Harding's a young lad. I mean, mm. if he's on a roll, just keep playing him. Just keep playing him until you can't play him anymore. Um, and I think, you know, I'm sure Heenan will, 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 will figure somewhere, maybe on the bench. So I can't see a massive amount of difference. And I don't see why we should change the back line, to be honest. They, they've just got some positive, you know, say the backs, you know, they've... they've They've played well. They've scored three tries. Don't yeah. upset the apple cart, you know. Maybe the changes will be in the in the bench. It would be nice to... I think if, if we're ahead, and obviously we've had some very difficult games, to see Bates get some game time. He's had a couple of times on the bench, hasn't he? And, and there's just remained there. And we brought Piers O'Connor on. But where would he... Yeah, I just... I, well, I know, I know that. You'd have to take, obviously, a, you know, we've had mm. some very difficult games and we needed the win. But maybe if we are ahead by a couple of tries at Stad give him some game time in the last yeah. sort of 10-15 minutes definitely I mean I, I think we'll start I'd like to start with Randall Sheedy Bedlow Randrandra mm. definitely I just think we need to keep playing that unit mm. we need it's such an important to have that consistency and you can maybe swatch, switch around the, the wings I mean why why not play Lloyd again I mean he's young he played well why not play Purdy why not play Morahan at, at fullback I mean these boys yeah, I suppose you've got. I mean, if Piatau, we don't know what's yeah. happening with Piatau. I mean, if he he if he's available, you know, you would imagine he he'd probably come back in. Um, I, I I just wonder as well with the locks. Uh, you know, if Lil is fit, you know, is he gonna yeah. is he gonna come straight back in? I I I I, I agree with you. I, I don't see too too many changes. Uh, and I've just got a hunch. I've got no evidence to back this up at all. So it's pure hunch by me. But I, I, I wonder whether Nualago has been, um, you know, not to start, but mm. whether he, he must be there or thereabouts to come back and whether Pat's thought, well, actually, these European games would be a good opportunity mm. to, to get him back involved. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not seeing too many changes from that team. And I think you're right. I think, I, think, I think we will see two strong teams. Because don't forget, after the um, Scarlet's game, we've got a bye. Mm. So we, we've, we've got two weeks to, to get back yeah. into shape. So, uh, and uh, I think we'll then start to see the likes of Sinclair... You know, from a Bristol perspective, we hope Harry Randall doesn't go off to England. But um, you know, Randall and Sinclair, I think we'll we'll get the most out of them in this 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 European round, because against Scarlet and Stad, surely we've got a good opportunity of progressing. Uh, so let's uh, let's put our, our money where our mouth is, Miles. I think last week you won the prediction. You were the closest with a twenty four nineteen win for Bristol. So uh, actually. Miles, give me your prediction. And then as Lee's not here today, I'm sure, as he's done for you or many a time, you, you can put a prediction in for Lee as well. I'd, I'd be delighted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm confident, actually, after the, the bonus of Friday night, uh, I think we're going to get definitely get the win. And I think uh, we're, we're hopefully on a bit of a roll. It'd be a tough one. Um, a bit unpredictable. I haven't, we haven't seen, I haven't seen Stad play. Um, so I'm going to go for Bristol 
32, Stad 17. Okay, and what do you think Lee would say? I I think he'll be a bit cautious on this one, TC. Yeah. And I think he might go for 7 all. 7 all. Whoa. All right, Pete, your thoughts? I think we, we need a win. We have to have a win. We need this momentum to build, so we're going to win it. I, I think it will be... It might be tough to start with, but I think we'll pull away in the second half. So I, I think it will be a potentially a four try to one. So I'm going to go something like... I think I'll go 28-12. 28-12. And I am going to go 31-14. Again, I, th- I think we will get the four tries. Um, if we can go in two games down, 10 points... Um, it sets us up really nicely. Well, uh, let's just do a little little bit of a roundup then. Um, Bristol Bears women at the the weekend at home to Gloucester Hartbury. Not the result we were hoping for. Uh, Bears women fourteen, uh, Gloucester Hartbury thirty six. I think we still stay top, but we played a couple of games more now. Um, we had a tweet from one of our followers on Twitter from uh, a guy called. Oliver, um, Oliver Gordion. Um, I've probably said that completely wrong. Uh, but the question he said to Bears Beyond the Gate is Luke Morahan one of our greatest ever signings? Let me come to you, Pete. What do you think of that for a for a comment? I think yes, but I wish he played a little bit more. He's been in and out a little. I, I, I think you could, if you're going to be really harsh to him, you could say that he's he's had a few injuries more than we'd hope. Um, but that's being particularly harsh. I mean, uh, and you know, he is a an all court player. He he did drop a few. It was one. There was a couple of high balls on Friday where they actually didn't drop one. He just didn't get to it, did he? And but then again, and I think um, on uh, on the the commentary, they made a great. They they excused him for one of those missed kicks by saying that he was having to get used to a whole new load of geography being a full-back. I, I, I doffed my cap. I think it was Nick Mullins on BT Sport. You know, because obviously playing full-back yeah. from wing is a different is a different kettle of fish. So, yes, I think the greatest ever signing... Well, I think... I mean, Lua Tua has got to be pushing for that as well. Um, I would say in terms of consistency, he's been here... Yeah, I mean, I can't, I'm sort of struggling at the moment because I can't think beyond the last couple of years. But why not? What... Yeah, and I think I think the stats came out, Miles, didn't it? That uh, those that two tries brings them up to forty tries now, which is um, third in the list. I think Lemmy's out there with yeah, the the, the most mm. tries with fifty. And of course, you've got to remember you've got your P show and your Quantum Pony from the, the yeah. mid noughties as well, and uh, you know to pay, it's very difficult, isn't it? To to, to compare like for like different contexts and so on he didn't say the greatest he said one of the greatest, of the greatest. Uh, Miles, so would you be happy to say he's one of the greatest signings certainly in the the kind of modern era yeah. of Bristol Bears I think you're right I think since we've been sort of returned to Ashton Gates since the team have moved down to BS3 I, I, I think so he's a very unassuming man you know he's Quite softly spoken Australian, not not brash like some of them, uh, and and I think uh, he he's great. I mean, he doesn't often get a lot of media time, does he? Um, and he doesn't put himself out there. But I think he's a uh, you know out and out professional. He's fan- he's he's stunned um, stunned us on the wing with as as you said forty tries, and when he's asked to move into unfamiliar positions, apart from a, a few sort of drops or or, or as Pete said. Uh, Geographical mishaps. I think. Um, I think I was really encouraged, and I thought if Charles wasn't here, I think that position is is well covered by Morahan. Well, I think that's interesting. I mean, I don't know what the situation is with Morahan for for next season, but if Charles is off, you you know you would think would you Pat be saying actually with Luke Morahan, I've got someone who can fill in in the wing and and does look pretty okay at 15 um, and in fact as the legs maybe start to go a little is is, is 15 a you know e- even better position for him to play Pete? Yeah particularly since Purdy can play at 15 as well so it's, it's not as if we, he's on his own there. Yeah I mean why not? I'll tell you what just struck me I'll tell you one person who wouldn't disagree with uh, him being one of the greatest signings, Nicky Thomas signed twice for the Bears <laughs> I mean Moran's not been signed twice has he? No. Um, so yeah I, I, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's like we said he's 
he's, he's just a, he's a smooth operator. He's got that kind of those those hips that just swivel. Reminds me actually of, and this is going back in the day. He reminds me of Guscott. Jeremy Guscott, the way that he used to just kind of mm. move those hips to just get that extra bit of space, that just that that languid sort of movement. Mm. And actually, he doesn't do a lot of... He does do a bit of um, con- um, press conference stuff, but not a lot, you're right. But he did do the Q&A at the beginning of the season, didn't he? Totally. He did, he went yes, down. Yeah. And he was... You're right, he is, he's like your mate next door. He is just the nicest most unassuming guy and I'm sure he's also a really really important part of the the squad mm. in terms of you know filtering some of the manic stuff that might come down from Pat and stuff <laughs> like that you know a real kind of mm. a leveller as well so I think in many le- in many ways he is Oliver's right and of course he he, he, he makes a very good flat white as well and uh, I think I read, local the, businessman. Re- read in the post that Borough are due to open a second outlet one on Gloucester Road right. uh, in 2022 yeah. and that bodes well for his contract renewals you think if he's got a business a burgeoning business he's not going to go back to Australia for a few years is he? well let's hope so because it, I, I, I would love to see him uh, sign on for another mm. couple of years and uh, you know have a go at cracking Lemmy's record I mean Lemmy is you know talk about greatest signings yeah. so he, he's probably right up there but uh, Morahan scored some huge tries against some of our biggest rivals over the years um, and uh, yeah I, I, I hope his uh, stay in the, the Bersha uh, remains well just before we, we finish there was one thing that uh, I had a quick flick through the rugby paper and uh, was looking at the letters page First of all, I'm not sure anybody actually writes letters. I think they probably email. <laughs> yeah. and it should, should be called the email or uh, message page now. But there, I think there was a guy called Peter Wallace, and he, he made a really, really interesting point, and that was um, comparing uh, top-flight rugby in, in, in England with the NFL uh, and saying that uh, now the, the American football, the NFL... Uh, they get two shows on the BBC. I think one on BBC One, one on BBC Two. Channel Five, uh, I think, have started a Sunday morning show uh, with NFL coverage, and they're also—I don't know if they've started, but they're going to have. Uh, well, it's towards the end of the season now. Uh, they've done Monday night games. I think Prime have done Thursday games, and of course, Sky covers a multitude of games. So actually, the NFL gets huge coverage in the UK or in England compared to Premiership Rugby, Pete. We we have everything now just hosted on BT Sport, can't even have the highlights on Channel 5. You know, is that a recipe for long-term success of the game? Well, the way you've laid all that out, Tone, I'd say no <laughs> is the answer. I mean, I know that the counterclaim from Premier Rugby will be that you can access all of the games, both highlights and full games on their website, pretty much eight hours after they've happened, which is fair enough. It's not, and that is obviously, that's that's not behind a paywall. Um, but it's not quite the same, is it? No. It's not quite the same. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, this question has been raised before and seemingly kind of, swept under the carpet a bit but when you say it like this I mean it's ridiculous ridiculous that you know American sport will get more coverage now I know there's a lot of NFL fans you and Lee being two but it's not the same and mm. it is crazy I mean someone's got a yeah, I, and maybe this was this something that will this this kind of will raise the issue a bit more maybe it kind of people have forgotten about it mm. actually and now this this highlights the nonsensical element that that uh, you know a game that oh clearly is not a you know, it's a minority sport in terms of viewing figures relative to football, but it's still an important part mm. of our country. It's still, you know, the Six Nations are free to view. England is a hugely important team. Lots of people turn out to watch that. So we should be supporting the club game in a similar way as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think it's a very good point. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big NFL fan, so uh, I do enjoy the uh, the free coverage that's out there but it, it's such a such a same isn't it remember those days of rugby special on well on that note actually um, did you see that stuff about Nigel Starmer Smith that, mm. that his son did that documentary about dealing with you know Nigel Starmer Smith is is in a home isn't he with really serious dementia and it was, a, it was a kind of documentary on that but you're right I mean that is da 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 yeah that's my childhood I mean 
brilliant. You do also it was the amateur era, I suppose, yeah, wasn't it? I mean, so. with the CBC investment, you do wonder what's happening with that. To get it into the sort of more houses, as it were, what's their take on it? Where do they want rugby to go? And you're right, just behind a paywall, it's surely I mean, not where was, they want this to go. There was change at the top of Premiership rugby, wasn't there? I mean, they had the guy, Darren Childs, who, who was the chief executive who'd mm. come from... Mm. TV, hadn't he? And and his whole remit was to to ramp up the the TV money, and then ended up, you know, getting a worse deal, didn't he? For and then is gone. So I just maybe yeah. wonder. There's a little bit of there's a few machinations at, at, in the board level of mm. Premier Rugby, and, and things are sort of being thrashed out a little bit at the moment. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see. It's a good. It's a really good point made, and uh, you know, let's hope something gets sorted out because uh, Absolutely. Yeah, it's I think important I, to a lot of people and I think one of the broadcasters as well you know I, I think you know like Channel 5 did with that highlight show mm. for, for people that are the, the casual fan it, it made them the rugby station and you know I just can't believe that, that someone isn't seeing this yeah. as the a, a is, good opportunity all games are filmed by somebody aren't they they're, yeah, yeah. There is, they're, they're, was that lady all, in the south stand yeah that lady <laughs> in the south stand maybe she should start up her own uh, her own sports well, channel, she she is. Flatman and Durden Smith for years were fantastic, weren't they? And that's sort it. of it's the little extras and around. Little extras yeah. that I really missed this season. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, let's face it, we used to tell yeah. but I'd watch it on, on, on Monday to see what Flatman said about the, yeah. the performance. Yeah. One, because it was usually amusing, but also quite can, insightful. Can you as imagine well. the uproar that if we went behind a paywall tone? Well, the, yeah. the Bears beyond the gate wasn't free, <laughs> free to uh, free to air. Well, I mean, it would be there'd be uproar, uproar. And on that note, I think we'll call <laughs> it a day for this show. Um, if you like what you've heard, please uh, go beyond the paywall and uh, <laughs> and leave a review or rating for us. So until then, goodbye, stay safe, and come on, Briz.